0: If you don't have a goal to hit six figures, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to be a happy five-figure business, that's fine. If you want to be a happy six-figure business, that's fine too. Heck, if you want to be a happy seven-figure business, that's also fine. But you need to do the things to hit the figures you, my name's Jan Ditchfield, and I'm an award-winning business strategist who's turned a 20-plus year career in the real world into a six-figure online business helping women just like you to do the same. I love talking all things marketing, sales, and online strategies, but without the fluff and the cookie-cutter advice that's filling your feed on the gram, I teach you the step-by-step tips on how to turn your real-world expertise into a profitable online business without losing your money or your mind in the process. There's no shying away from the straight talk. Money, struggles, business hacks, online marketing, and social media strategies are all topics we talk about. Think of this as your webinar and trend-free cocktail hour convo with a good friend who understands the depth of your expertise and exactly how to translate that into a profitable online business without the BS. If you're a real-world business owner or a subject matter expert trying to navigate online marketing and digital sales for the first time, this is a show for you. Welcome to No BS Business School. It's my final episode of 2022. And when I look back on everything that's happened in the past 12 months, it's been a pretty great year. It's also been pretty stressful on many levels, but I also had some really big wins in my own business. And when I was sitting there to think about what I wanted to talk about on my final episode of season two, I really debated whether I was going to do this episode that I'm talking about now or do something completely different. And I'm sharing on this episode how I did six figures in 12 months within my own business. And one of the major reasons why I really debated whether I wanted to do this or not, or whether it was more the right tone for my podcast, is that I think there are so many episodes out there and so much conversation about, here's how to get a six-figure business, and here's how to do seven figures in your business, and your 12 10K months, And I never wanted my show to be part of that conversation. I work really, really hard to make sure that the episodes I'm sharing on this show are always things that are going to be authentic, meaningful, and helpful. And that I'm not contributing to this ongoing bro marketing guru tactics, dialogues that we hear so much in the online space, which is always aligned to how much money somebody is making while they're sitting on the front of a boat somewhere warm and sunny. But the two reasons why I decided that I'm actually going to record this episode and really open up the back end of my own strategy to you is one, because I think it's important to actually hear the step-by-step details of how somebody does get consistent six-figure revenue in their business within a 12-month framework beyond just show up and it will happen because it doesn't work that way. At least it didn't work that way for me. There was a lot more to it than just showing up. And the other reason why I think this conversation is really important to have is because of the fact that only 12% of women ever get here in their business. 12% of us ever become the owners of a six-figure business. And I want to see that change. And the only way it's going to change is if more of us who are there show how to get where we are or talk about the tactics that worked for us And how those are things that can be lifted and used really successfully in other people's businesses. And as always, not everything I say is going to work in someone else's business because no business is the same. But a lot of the things that I do want to share with you today can be taken and applied directly to what you do. Because a lot of the reasons why I got here is because I ran business strategy, not marketing, not webinars, not reels, but business strategy. And those same strategies work regardless of what you sell, because they're the core fundamental principles of how to make money. And so I'm going to share this with you today and not from a perspective, again, of wanting to sound arrogant or wanting to be part of that bro marketing conversation, but out of the spirit of transparency and with the goal that whatever I share here today will help you be able to do the same thing in your business. So here we go. All of the income that I made in my business this year came from digital sales and a little bit of it came from affiliate marketing, but the majority of the money came directly from me selling courses, programs, digital products. And the very first course that I ever launched was called Side Hustle Academy in the fall of 2020. And I sold it for a whopping $77. And I think at the time it was a 12 week program with me where there was a course plus there was support throughout it as well. Could have been less than that, but I think 12 weeks was right. And I launched that course being told that no one was ever going to buy it from me, that it was way too expensive, which now I think about that and I'm like, oh. And I was also told that no one would ever take me seriously because of the size of my following on social media. And so I went from that course where I think I sold at the time, it was about 20 or 22 students that enrolled in that very first course with me to fast forward at the end of this, where I'm recording the end of 2022. And I went from that couple of thousand dollars to over $100,000 in revenue in this year alone, there were some really specific things that I had to do in my business to get that change to happen. And my uptake this year was significant and it wasn't accidental how I got here. I spent the year of 2021 really trying to figure things out. I was trying to figure out how to move from being in the real world and being an expert there into this wasteland, I don't know how else to say it sometimes, of online sales and online marketing where I was constantly confused about who's doing what and who's really actually an expert and how am I supposed to sell here and what am I supposed to do and how am I supposed to show up and trying to figure out how to build a business here when I knew how to do it so well in the real world. And so for me, 2021 was really a year of experimenting. I did well financially. I became a five-figure business in 2021, and it was through a variety of different income streams. So some of that was course sales. A lot of that had to do with actually private speaking, private teaching out inside of like, you know, back in the real world again. But my goal always was to build this business to be 100% digital, online, digital, digital, And I didn't have to do anything else but that in the business. So at the beginning of the year, I set myself a goal that I was going to clear $100,000 in the business this year, like earn a clean $100,000. Gross. I'm going to be very transparent about my numbers. I'm only talking gross on the podcast today, although my overhead is pretty small. And when I sat down and said, okay, this is the year I'm going to do this. like I think I, I have enough figured out, I know enough about business that I can lean in and Really give it my best this year. The very first thing that I had to do in order to reach that goal was get very, very intentional. And I treated my business exactly the same way that I would treat someone else's business when I was working in it in the real world. When someone hired me to come in and raise money for them in their business, I walked in with the exact same mindset into my own daily. I had very little emotional decision-making within the business. There was a lot of emotion outside of the decision-making. I will be honest with that, but there was, when I was making decisions, I was always coming from a place of business. I set my hours the same way that I would when I was working a nine to five. And I still do. I start and stop and I treat it like a business. Exactly. That is my career. That's how I treat this business. I'm very focused on what I need to do during the day. I work off checklists. I work off goal setting. I've talked for a long time now on the show about my full focus planner and how important that is to me. And I really truly believe that it was a huge part of my success this year in my business was because it allowed me to be so intentional with what I was doing daily and to just be able to focus on those big things in the business that moved the needle of it for me financially. And one of the intentions that I set at the beginning of this year was that I wasn't going to treat my business like a lifestyle business. And we see that a lot in the online space where people talk about it. People I follow and I really enjoy their content, but they talk about that a lot within their own business, that their business setup is a lifestyle business, that they can take their laptop with them anywhere they go, that they can again, sit on that beach and make money while not having to work, that they only need to do three days a week or two days a week or 10 hours a week. And I do believe that is a possible goal to have. Like if that is your goal, when you're creating your business, there's nothing wrong with that, but it wasn't my goal in my business. I want to see my business become an asset to me. So I'm making some really hard, deep decisions in the business now for the long-term gain of where I want to be in 10 years. But again, because I spent so much time already in my career before I started this business, I'm not at the beginning stages of business. This is not the beginning of my career. I'm at the end of it now. And I want to spend those last 10 years doing something that really lights me up. And I also want to make as much money as I possibly can within this time span so that I'm setting myself up and my family up for long-term success. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting that. And I also want to be able to help as many women as possible do the exact same thing. But I want to be able to look back and say, I helped move that statistic from 12% higher because I help women learn what they need to know to get here. So treating the business from the beginning with respect and not treating it like it was just something that was on the side of my desk or only working a couple hours a day or treating it again like that laptop life, I believe is a very much a reason why I was able to do what I did this year. Because I was so dialed in on what it was I had to do every single day. The next thing I did, and I really, really intentionally, this is mindset stuff. And I'm always like, I'm not the mindset person. But for me, this is an example of mindset and how I set it up within myself to be able to be successful. I walk into my business every single day thinking that I'm running a business that is financially five years ahead of where it actually is. So I treat it in everything I do in it that I'm making my revenue goal, which I set for year five right now. So when I'm making decisions about branding and when I'm making decisions about how I want my backup system set up and whether or when I'm making decisions about how I'm doing funnel setup and when I'm making decisions about anything to do with data, it's all based on believing strongly that the success of my business has already happened. Instead of waiting to do those things in the business that a lot of us put off until we start to see success. And that is the boring, boring stuff in the business. And people are often surprised when I talk about how I have the back end of my business set up. And I get a lot of conversation with people being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how organized you are. But that was on purpose. I spent most of 2021 more focused on the back end of the business than the front end of the end of the business so that I would have all of my operational systems set up. My funnels, my flow, my process, my policies, all of the boring stuff that no one ever wants to do, I put it first so that I could only have to worry about moving forward selling. And I wouldn't need to worry about what happened when customers started coming into me of how I could handle that influx because I was already ready for it, even when I didn't have it. And I think that's going to be key for you as well is really ensuring that you have done the things you need to do behind the scenes to set your business up for financial success, even when it's not happening. Because one of the most common conversations that I hear on podcasts and on social media and in places where a lot of the big names share about the mistakes they've made in their business and about the things that they do really well, the mistakes that always get shared by people who ended up hitting significant revenue goals within the online space, women specifically, the mistake they always say is I didn't set up the back end of my business. So when they started making money, they couldn't handle it and the regret they all have for that and how much money it cost them because they weren't ready for it. I want you to write a different story for yourself. I want you to write the story of saying, I did all the boring things in my business right from the start. So that I was 100% ready for the success. And my mistakes were minor in comparison to the mistakes of some of the other people that they share. I've definitely made mistakes in this business, like 100%. But I would never say that any of it has to do with backend systems. The next thing I did was follow my data. And as you know, I am a person who talks about data a lot on the podcast as well. And how important it is to really understand the pulse of your own business. And when I started in January and said, this is a year that I want to clear $100,000, I want to gross $100,000 in the business in this 12-month frame, I did the same thing I did when I was fundraising. I looked at my numbers. I looked at my past. I looked at the sales, where they came from, where the opportunities were. And then I started breaking numbers down. I did math. If I want to gross $100,000, then I have to sell this many of these products at this rate this many times during the year. And that became my sales plan. It's exactly the same system that I teach to my clients and the exact same system that I used in business for over 20 years, longer if I'm being honest. I once talked in a training about how I really think when you're first getting your business going online or you're moving from like, you know, the real world space into the online space and you're trying to figure out what's working, how you should just sell for six months, like no targets, no goals, just sell. So you can get the data. And I had someone else say to me, oh, so you're just teaching people how to throw spaghetti at the wall. And I was like, no, 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 that's not what I'm teaching. I'm teaching how to be able to first understand data, because unless we get out there and we make those like, take those actions, do the B plus work and sell, we're not going to figure out what's actually resonating and what's not. And you need the six months to know, like you really do. Some people say you can figure it out in six weeks. Other people can say 12 weeks. I think you need six months. And so that six months of me trying things out that I did in 2021 gave me the data that I was able to then bring forward and set my entire sales strategy up with this year. And I knew what was working and I knew what was gonna work because I had the financial history to prove it until it didn't work. And I'm gonna talk about that a little bit further ahead because I had a massive shift happen about halfway through the year that I wasn't prepared for and how I responded to it I think is what's really, really important in this story, but we'll hang on to that one for a second. After I looked at all of my data, then I sat down and what I did next was create my customer's journey. So I looked at where my ideal customer was. Like if I had that perfect person to work with, where they were at the very start of their journey in the online space to where they ended up, where they were like, that's it. I've hit the transformation I wanted. I've, you know, I got the golden goose. I'm as happy as can be. This is my big aha moment. What were those steps they had to go through from the beginning to the end? And that's the customer journey. And I did a podcast episode actually on it called the business success timeline. And it was episode number 74, which mapped out those four very specific phases of business development and the problems that go along with them and the roadblocks that you get stuck by in each one of those phases. And in season three of the podcast, I'm actually going to be doing a full episode on this, teaching you how to build a map out your own customer's journey, and then teaching you how to build your offer suite against it, which is what I did as well. So when I looked at my data and I looked at my numbers and I looked at my customer's journey, I was then able to say, do I have offers in place that can sell against these four specific phases of their journey? And if not, where do I need to fill the gap? And that gap filling became two of my most financially successful offers that came out of 2022. And one of them is now going to be my signature offer moving into 2023. But if I hadn't sat down and really looked at understanding where my people were and where they needed help, then I wouldn't have been able to fix my offers in order to hit this financial goal that I wanted to hit this year. Because I still would have been guessing instead of selling from a place of knowledge and confidence. And from there, I retired everything In my business that I couldn't scale. And that's where the emotion came in. Like, that was the hard part about this, was really sitting down and looking again from an analytical point of view at the business, at what I had been doing that was working and what wasn't working. And closing things down included closing down some programs that people were still in. Like, I had closed down my membership, and that was hard. It wasn't an easy process to go through. I truly believe I hurt people when I made that decision. And that didn't feel good at all, but it was a decision I had to make because it just could not scale that side of my business, no matter what I did. So I closed down my membership. I closed down Impact Business Academy, which had been my signature program for a very long time. I've completely retooled my private work and how I had been doing it for the last six months is not how I'll be doing it moving forward into the new year. And I restructured my program capital campaign formula so that I could scale it as well starting in January. And the decision to be able to do all of those things was so that it freed me up to do more of the things that I need to actually do in the business, which is sell and create content and have more people get to know me as the person who can help solve their problems. Because I've done all of this right now with a really, really small audience. It's an audience that I love deeply, but it's not huge. And I never really want to have a huge audience, but I also realized that I need to grow it if I want to grow my revenue for 2023. Because I've set another big goal for this year and I intend on hitting that one as well. And the last two things that I did in the business where I really, really treated it differently had to do with my content creation and my niche. I stopped making Instagram my priority in the business and I shifted to long form content, specifically putting everything I had into this podcast. And that decision changed the business in a way that I can't even begin to explain. Because instead of constantly having to chase trends and listening to advice like what are all of your different content pillars and never knowing what to say on social media, I was able to get really strategic about the content that I was creating on the podcast. And then how I took that and made that my social media content, because I dialed into listening to what my ideal customers were asking about and talking about. And I did that in two really specific ways. One, I read comments. Like one of the strategies that's taught all the time is that we should go over and start engaging on other people's channels that hold our ideal customer. And instead of doing that, I just went over and read the comments of the things that people were asking about, the things that they were complaining about, the things that were stressing them out. And then I created content that directed toward that because when they were out there Googling and searching for those things and I was using those types of terms and that type of content, I was showing up in searches. And one of the things that started happening was when I would say, where'd you find me? They were like, oh, you showed up with all of the big names because I know that if my ideal customer was listening to some of those big names and that's where they were going for their advice, I had to show up where they were, but show up differently because I'm not a guru. I'm a real woman who ran real business for years, who figured out how to be able to come in here and do the same thing in the online space. And I did that by transferring all of those things that I was really, really good at in my business and in other people's businesses into the online world. And that gave me an edge. The same way it will give you an edge. Because my competition are all marketers and they all come from online, are in online, were born in online, and they don't know anything else but online. So hearing the same things being said over and over and the same tactics being shared and that same cookie cutter approach, I was able to come in and say, Hey, I can tell you how to do this in a different way. Yes. Some of the things you have to do, but a lot of them, you don't, here's an alternative to how to raise it. Here's an alternative to how to build a really financially successful business online based on all the skills that you have from the real world. And that's when I niched my niche. And when I did that, And I dialed in on saying, this is just what I do and who I serve. Things got really, really easy and everything changed because I was able to create content then that spoke directly to you because I get you. I understand you. I know you. I am you. I'm just a little bit further ahead and having that ability to really understand the depth of your expertise and the depth of knowledge that business owners have in the real world or subject matters have coming out of the real world as well. And how that can get transferred into the online space is a very different conversation than somebody saying, anybody can start a business because it's true. Anybody can start a business, but not everybody's going to be able to scale it. So my focus has become on the scale, how to lift the things out of real world into online and scale it. That's my little zone now. And I love it. But when I made that shift, and I really dialed in on niching my niche, it did impact how I had laid out my year. And Impact Business Academy and my membership were two of the things that got hit the hardest because Impact Business Academy actually was a funnel straight into the membership. You had to go through the program to be able to get into the membership. And when I started talking about the fact that I was really dialing in more on the scaling side of things and working with existing business owners and being able to help the subject matters and you know get dialed in on making money online, That slowed my entire funnel down that I had running for IBA because they're very different conversations. Like how to start a business is a very, very different conversation than how to say, transfer what you already know how to do into a different zone, into just a different space and make more money. But because I understood the pulse of my business so much and I was able to see the opportunities when they were presented, I was able to shift. And so in January, I have completely rebuilt that side of the business to be something special and unique for people who are more at the beginning stages. So they're not left out and I can still have those conversations, but I'm just going to have them in a different way. And that was the catalyst to starting my second podcast. So that I'm not going to have confusion between the content, the messaging. Again, I've aligned all of my offers to suit my people at every stage of their journey. And so you can begin with me right at the start or you can join halfway through, but no matter where you are, I can serve you in this very specific niche that I'm now working in. And the last thing that I did that I really, really believe was a huge part of why I was able to hit that financial goal this year is that I got out of the online expert bubble and I was deep into it. I believed that the only way I was gonna be successful here was if the big names knew who I was. And it's a really small market space. And the big shares are owned by a very small group of people. But the thing is, is beyond that very small little bubble are amazing people who are experts as well. They just have smaller audiences. And so when I stepped out of that guru bubble and I started getting to know different people, many of whom I've had on my podcast, and I networked beyond what was typical in the online space, my opportunities grew like crazy. So if you're thinking the only way you can be successful is by following that very small group, it's not true. Step out of it. Look beyond it. Find a community with people who are doing big things in their own way. Follow the smaller accounts. Listen to the podcasts that are not being held by the business experts, but are being held by experts in business. Don't believe that the numbers are what matter. Follow people who get you results and who light you up, and who align with you better. Not everything that I did is going to be something that will work for you. But the one thing I can guarantee will is how intentional you are every single day with what you're doing in your business. And that intention goes down to content creation. It goes down to what time you clock in, what time you clock out. It's the intention of what you're selling, how you're pricing, how you're working through your mindset and believing in your own abilities more than you are listening to your own doubts. This was not an easy thing for me to do. And I do have an advantage. I come from business. I was hired by people to make them money. So I know how to make money for other people. It was definitely a learning curve to figure out how to make money for myself. But when I applied all of those same boring principles that I talk to you guys about all the time and that I did for a living for 20 plus years, it worked. And you need to set your own goals in your own business. If you don't have a goal to hit six figures, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to be a happy five-figure business, that's fine. If you want to be a happy six-figure business, that's fine too. Heck, if you want to be a happy seven-figure business, that's also fine. But you need to do the things to hit the figures. And that's always going to come from being driven by your data, setting really good habits in your business, and doing the boring stuff first. And I hope no matter what you want to do in 2023, that you enjoy the process, you embrace your failures, that you're proud of yourself for showing up day after day after day, and you forgive yourself for your mistakes. That's how I'll be walking into next year as well. I'll talk to you in the new year. Thanks for joining me on this episode of No BS Business School. If you've enjoyed the show and you'd like to help support the podcast, Please subscribe on your player of choice and leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at janditchfield.co. Until next time, keep it real.